Hi, everybody. It's Wednesday night, and thanks for showing up for Fight Back. My name's Steve Bartlett, and I want to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I grew up in Baltimore. I was a child of the late 60s, but I was a kid during the 70s. Um, a lot of people know that my dad was a professional ice hockey player, and he finished his career when I was a little kid for the Baltimore Clippers in Baltimore. And uh, even though I would go to the games, I was, a, I was small. I hated going to the games. I would get really bored. And uh, on the weekends, when the Clippers had a home game, a lot of times my mom would go with my dad and they would go out to eat afterwards. So I would stay at home. You know, I was like five, six, seven, eight years old. And they'd get a babysitter for me. And I was okay with that because on Friday nights, they had shows like The Partridge Family and Brady Bunch were on. And on Saturday nights, they had All in the Family and The Carol Burnett Show, Mary Tyler Moore. So I loved watching all those shows on TV. And my babysitter was a girl named Debbie Murphy, who was the older sister of my best friend, Michael Murphy, and she would babysit. And it was fun. So here I was, a kid of the 70s. And um, one night, though, I didn't watch my normal litany of shows because she wanted to watch something else. And, you know, I was just a kid. Who am I going to, you know, protest? So... Uh, she wanted to watch this movie that was a uh, black and white musical. And that musical actually changed my life. And it was a musical starring the Beatles called Hard Day's Night, their first movie, that black and white masterpiece with all those classic songs in it. And I was hooked. I became the world's biggest Beatle fan at that time. I just loved everything about the Beatles. The music, the songs were great. Their attitudes, it was just so cool. I thought these four guys were the coolest things I've ever seen. And and they became my heroes at the time. Um, and ever since I saw Hard Day's Night and then later Yellow Submarine with the hippie cartoon versions of the Beatles, I was completely hooked. And um, I you know, had every album they had on vinyl, a couple on A-Track, and I um, bought books about the Beatles, and that's, my life was nothing but the Beatles. Throughout the 70s, I was just a diehard Beatles fanatic. While other kids were part of the Kiss Army, in fourth grade, not me. I was I was loyal to um, the four lads from Liverpool. And when you're a Beatles fan, you always have to pick your favorite Beatle. You just can't say, I like them all equally. And for me, there was no question who my favorite Beatle was. Without question, my favorite Beatle was always and always will be John Lennon. And the reason why Lennon was my favorite Beatle was because, um, you know, he was the smart one. He was the funny one with the acerbic wit. He also, you know, was the leader of the band and didn't care what people thought about him, would always stand up for what he believed in. And then later he became the, the chief, you know, protester, famous celebrity against the war in Vietnam for, for equality, for peace. Um, you know, maybe one of the reasons I grew up to be the big liberal that I am today is because I was a John Lennon fan. Or maybe I liked John Lennon because he was a liberal and I knew I was a liberal from the beginning. But John Lennon was my hero at that time. And I was so... Um, you know, a giant Beatle fan, uh, especially with my, you know, John Lennon as my hero. But all of that changed on December 9th, 1980. Now, I know December 8th, 1980 is the date that's the famous date, but I don't remember December 8th. That was no different from any other date to me. I went to bed. I had school the next day. And the next day, my mom woke me up and told me I didn't have to go to school if I didn't want to. I'm like, why? And she told me that John Lennon was shot and murdered the night before when he was coming home from uh, recording with his wife, Yoko, he was murdered in the street. So even though December 8th is the day that everyone knows John Lennon was killed, December 9th was the day that, that uh, changed my, my life. And uh, it was a horrible thing. You know, this crazy guy, Mark David Chapman, 
flew from Hawaii with the sole purpose of assassinating John Lennon, where he was murdered with his young son at home in front of his wife, you know, age 40. At the time, I thought, 40, well, that's old, but now, you know, 40 is just, is young. Um, but, you know, it, it totally affected me. And it affected me more than other people getting killed because John Lennon was my hero. And at the time, I was in ninth grade, and when you're ninth grade, you think that your life is going to go on forever, that nothing's ever going to change. You feel like you're immortal. But then when there's a, such a big surprise, something so shocking that your hero gets murdered, you kind of take a different viewpoint in life. You realize that, well, if your hero can be murdered, then I can be murdered. And you realize that no matter how much we may think that we're immortal, that we can't be affected by anything, that that we can die too. And, um, you know, it really, it really shook me up. And as a result of that, that's when I first became um, against guns. I, I started hating the idea of handguns and all, you know, firearms uh, because the assassination of John Lennon. And um, when I was in ninth grade, you know, the next day when I went to school, I went to a Catholic high school and um, we all had to say a prayer each morning, and that day, by coincidence, was my time. So I did a moment of silence in honor of John Lennon for whatever that was worth. You know, thoughts and prayers. The same thing the politicians are saying today. That's what I did when my hero got shot. And I uh, was part of something called the Model, Me the Model Maryland State Legislature, which was this um, high school kids pretending they're in um, the Florida, in, well, the Maryland legislature, so we would write laws and debate and pass laws and everything like that. So I, um, it was a good time. I met my first girlfriend at the Model Maryland State Legislature, but I also wrote a law about guns in the Model Maryland State Legislature, and I got to argue it and lobby it and tried to get it passed and everything like that. But, um, and, you know, I, I thought I was really doing something really big, like I was making a difference or an impact on the world. But the truth is, it really didn't matter. It was just fun and games, you know. I was playing pretend. I was playing grown up. I didn't do anything that was really heroic. I didn't do anything that stopped people dying from the use of guns. I just thought I was because I was doing this Model Maryland State Legislature mock uh, bill that I created, this mock law that I was trying to pass. But it wasn't anything in real life. It's time for a break now? Okay.
Earlier this year, 17 were murdered at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. However, these kids, these victims, instead of playing pretend like I did when I was in high school, David Hogg, Alfonso Calderon, Sarah Chadwick, Emma Gonzalez, I think is her name, I don't remember her name, but these kids, these victims, who should be suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, instead have become heroes themselves. And what they're doing is they created this Never Again MSD. And these heroes have actually created the march in Washington, created the boycott against Laura Ingram, and actually had effective real legislation in Florida, which has raised the age to buy a firearm to the age of 21 in Florida, got rid of um, uh, the bun stocks, and you know, have had real impacts in the state of Florida. These kids are now my heroes. And it's ironic that when I was young, I looked at an adult as my hero, John Lennon. And now my heroes are the kids, the kids who are doing a lot more than what I've done. They're actually trying to change the world and are actually making a difference in real life. But we do have a gun problem, a major gun problem in this country. What is the gun problem? The gun problem is that 10,000 people are murdered by guns every year in the United States. Out of 100,000 deaths in this country, I'm sorry, out of 100,000 people in this country, 10.45 of them are then killed by gun violence. That is by far the most of any developed Western country in the world. Now, liberals argue the reason why this is going on is because we have far too many guns in this country. And conservatives say, no, that's not the case. That is not the case. It's not that the problem is that we have too many guns. We have too little guns. We need more guns. The more guns we have, the safer we are. That's what they argue. I'm like, then what's the problem? Why do we have all these gun deaths if it's not the guns? And they have all these different ideas about what the real problem is. Today, I was listening to the radio, and Glenn Beck was saying the problem is mental health. The problem is that mental health, that's what causes all the gun deaths. Well, what? Does the United States have more mentally ill people than anywhere else in the world? Do we have more crazy people than they have in other countries? Do we have monopoly? Is there any statistics that show that people are more likely to be mentally ill in the United States than anywhere else in the world? Okay, let's look at France, for instance. France, okay? Are we saner than they are in France? These people think that Jerry Lewis is the greatest artist who ever lived. They think that being a mime makes you a great artist doing, you know, silent meme stuff, okay? You're four, they have one-fourth of the gun deaths that we have in the United States. We are four times higher, okay? That's 400% higher of dying by gun violence in the United States than in France. So how can it be mental health? Some other people say, no, it's the movies. The, our movies are so violent. Movies are violent in the United States. That's why there's so many gun violence. But you know what? Go up to Canada. Go to a cineplex in Canada. You know what they watch on TV? You know what they see at the movies there? The same stuff we have here. If you have a movie in the United States, they show the same movie in Canada. They don't have different movies up there than we have here. They have the same exact movies in Canada that we have here. But you know what? Gun deaths are five times higher in the United States than they are in Canada. So it can't be the movies, can it? No, it's an organized crime. We got this organized criminal element. We got the mafia here. We got gangs and all these violent things. That's what causes the big violence, right? Well, where did the mafia start? Italy, Sicily. Well, you know what? Eight times higher gun violence in the United States than it is in Italy. So I guess it's not the history of organized crime, is it? No, 
Conservatives say it's because of our strict gun control laws, that that's what it is. If you have strict gun control laws, only the bad guys have guns and gun violence is higher. Well, let's go to Australia, which recently passed stricter gun laws. And the gun violence now in the United States is 10 times higher than it is in Australia. No, we got a history of being violent. It's this, we are so violent in the United States that uh, we are immune to it. Well, let's look at Germany, which started World War I and World War II. 10 times higher in the United States than Germany. Drugs are the problem. Well, let's go to the Netherlands. Let's go to the Netherlands, where they have hash bars, like they talk about in Pulp Fiction. Gun deaths are 18 times higher in the United States. It's urbanization, overpopulation. Then why is it 37 times higher gun violence in the United States than India? It's culture. Let's look at England. We have the same language and same laws as England, but our gun deaths are 45 times higher. And finally, it's video games. People say violent video games. Well, really, where do they play more video games? Where do most video games come from? Japan. And the United States' gun death rate is 174 times higher than it is in Japan. You're more likely to get shot and killed in Newport Ritchie with a population of 15,000 people than you are in Tokyo, the world's largest city. We'll be right back. I'm Jerry from Hot Locks Hair Salon. We are conveniently located at 13414 US Highway 19 in Hudson. I've been a local hairstylist in our community for the last 34 years, seven of which I was an educator. Our passion is the artistry of hair and Hot Locks is here to help you achieve your perfect image. You can call us at 727-514-9978. If the problem, according to the, according to the NRA, the problem is that we have too little guns, not too many guns. So let's see, the fact that we have more gun deaths than any other developed place in the world, and we happen to have more guns than any other place in the world, is that just a coincidence? Shouldn't the places which have the less amount of guns have the most gun deaths? Shouldn't Japan be number one in the world in gun deaths since they don't have good guys with guns and able to kill the bad guys with guns? Okay, let's look at the real statistics and look at the real facts. 
Okay, right now in the United States, there are 10.4 deaths per 100,000 people, and there are 101 guns per 100 people. Okay, there are more guns in the United States than there are people. Think about that. Okay, but if that's the case, if we have too little guns, then the more guns you have, the less gun deaths you should have. But let's look at the statistics, okay? I'm going to go through these countries, and I'm going to tell you something. I looked at the numbers, and something popped up that I never noticed before. There's a direct correlation between the amount of guns that a country has and the amount of gun deaths that they have. Let's look at Switzerland. Switzerland actually has um, a lot. They're pretty loose with their guns. They don't have strict gun control in Switzerland, okay? They have three uh, deaths per uh, 100,000 people in Switzerland, okay? And they have 24 guns per 100 people in Switzerland, okay? We have four times as many, they have four, we have four times as many gun deaths in the United States than they have in Switzerland, but that's because we have four times as many guns as they have per 100 people in Switzerland. It's almost an exact um, ratio. So let's go to Italy now. Italy, there's 1.31 deaths per 100,000 people in, in Italy, okay? And they have 11.9 guns per 100 people in Italy, okay? So what is the ratio there? The United States has eight times as much gun deaths per uh, 100,000 people as they have in, in Italy, and we happen to have eight times as many guns as they have in Italy. Is that a coincidence that the ratio is the same, that the amount of guns is eight times higher in the United States, and the amount of deaths is eight times higher in the United States than it is in Italy? Let's go to England. Okay, there they have 0.3 deaths per 100,000 people in England, and they have 2.8 guns per 100 people in England, okay? So let's look at the ratio there. We have 36 times as many um, guns as they have in they, as they have in England, 36 times as many guns as they have in England, and we have 35 as many gun deaths per 100,000 as they have in England. Is that a coincidence that it's 35 or 36 times more guns and 35 or 36 times as many gun deaths? And let's go to Japan. In Japan, there's 0.06 deaths per 100,000 people caused by gun violence, and they have uh, 0.6 guns per 100 people in Japan compared to the 10.4 deaths uh, caused by gun violence per 100,000 people and the 101 guns per 100 people in the United States, okay? So you are 168 times more likely to die by the use of a gun in the United States than you are in Japan, and we happen to have 173 times as many guns as they have in, Japan, as they have in the United States as they have in Japan. Boy, those numbers are pretty close, aren't they? 168 times is more likely to be killed by gun violence, while there's 173 times as many guns. The ratio is almost exact. Based upon the statistics, you can pretty much say that if we cut our amount of guns in half in the United States, from 101 guns per people to 50% people, we would save half the lives. We should, our gun death rate should be cut in half. There's a direct proportionate relationship between the amount of guns that we have per 100 people and the amount of gun deaths that we have per 100,000 people. The ratio can't be denied. It lines up through United States, Switzerland, Italy, England, and Japan. 
there is a pattern. There is a direct correlation between the amount of guns that a society has or that a country has and the amount of deaths caused by those guns. This is not common core math. This is not the new math. Okay? It's common sense. When you have something that's dangerous, people are going to get hurt. People are going to die. Okay? What is the cause of gun violence? Drum roll, please. Guns. Now, if you want to be like me back when I was in high school and play pretend, okay, then you can do that. Or if you want to be like the oppressors and be on the side of the NRA and just do whatever they tell you to do because you watch Fox News, or you want to be someone who doesn't care about it, you'd rather put your head in the sand and just ignore the problems and the, and the violence that's going on in this country, you can do that. But what I think you should do is I think you should be a hero like our young kids who are going to high school here, who instead of being depressed and sad and hurting themselves or ignoring the problems of gun violence in their schools, have actually rose up and decided to fight back. Because that's what our country is about. It's about protesting and doing the right thing and learning how to fight back. Okay? I want to be more like the heroes and the kids of today than like I was when I was a kid when my hero John Lennon was shot. Okay? It's time for us to come together. It's time for us to fight back. And it might be hard to know how to fight back, but what you need to do is you need to learn how to fight back. And how do you learn how to fight back? The first thing you have to do is you have to learn the truth. You have to read. You have to keep a conversation going. You can't ignore the problems. You have to keep working the problems and learning about it and talking about it. Whether it annoys your friends by arguing on Facebook, but the most important thing is you have to keep the information out there. We can't let the oppressors win. We can't let the NRA win. Okay? We have to get in their face and let them know the truth. Let them know the truth about gun violence. It is a myth. It is a lie when they try to tell you that the more guns you have, the safer you are. When the statistics show the exact opposite that the exact opposite is true, okay? They don't have guns in Japan, and guess what? No one dies from gun violence in Japan. We have all the guns in the world in the United States, and more people die by guns in the United States. And yet the NRA just keeps trying to push legislation to make it easier for people to own guns. People are dying, and our kids are dying, and enough is enough, and we need to change that. If you want to fight back, Contact, contact your congressman and tell them, if you take money from the NRA, you're not going to have my vote. I don't care how much money you get from these lobbyists and special interests. If you're in bed with the NRA, you're not going to get my vote. That is how you make changes. Give money to any congressman who chooses not to take money from the NRA. Get your checkbook out. Write a check for $10, $5, $1. Every dollar helps. But let them know that if they vote for laws that oppose legislation that can make our streets safer, let them know that they don't have your vote. Learn how to fight back. Okay? I got this show. It might not have any effect. It might not do any good. But at least I'm trying. At least I'm trying to teach people that they have the power in themselves to make a difference. Okay? That we can take this country back, not by Second Amendment remedies or by rebelling against the federal government, but by using our power of freedom of speech, our First Amendment right to freedom of thought, and our right to elect new leaders if the old ones are failing us. That's what we need to do. We need to mobilize and start fighting back. Okay? 
So don't let these kids die in vain. Remember that David Hogg is the true hero. Alfonso Calderon is a true hero. Sarah Chadwick is a true hero. Cameron Caskey and all the rest of the kids who are part of Never Again MSD, they are the true heroes that we have. Yes, the legislation hasn't gone far enough in Florida, but it's a start. A, a Republican legislature and a Republican governor created gun control laws in Florida. If we can do it here, we can do it everywhere. We have to do it at the national level because gun laws only work if it's national. We have to nationalize it. Okay? So thanks for watching the show this week. And thanks for tuning in every week. If you like the show, all you have to do is um, click it, say that you like it. Add, add, ask to be added on the list so that you can't miss any other episodes. And if you go to webeamtv.com, you can watch any of the episodes that you may have already missed. Share the episodes so other people on Facebook can actually see this show as well. Okay? I will see you next Wednesday and we will talk some more about guns. And I will talk to you about how the NRA needs to be defeated and what these people are all about in reality. See you next week.